Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, good gardening. We are alive and lively. What a coincidence. Allen's Tree and Landscape Service here at 2755 West Pierce Boulevard in Winsfield. Need information? 636-332-5535. Allen'sTreeService.com is a website. I'll tell you what, call 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120 with any questions or comments or concerns that you might have. And uh, Ben is here. He's doing the engineering, and Greg's back in studio producing. So when you call, Greg will answer the phone and ask you where you're calling from. Hour 2 always means the tip of the trowel, and I'll be giving the tip in just a few seconds. And thanks for having me on your show. Remember, if you were not there, I would not be here. So if you have any questions or comments, let's say about about your annuals, how, how are your pansies doing, your violas and things like that? How about your bulbs, your edibles, your ground covers? Yes, your uh, ivy was elongating. That means it's getting old. Your houseplants, your tropicals, your lawn. I move my houseplants out. I have them in the basement growing under grow lights, but I moved mine out uh, the other day. And so they are out there enjoying the fresh air. Perennials, roses, trees, shrubs, vines, or water gardens. But please remember my answers, comments, and opinions are strictly offered as an option to help you achieve your goal and by no means the only garden path to take. If you are considering changes or you have some concerns or questions about your landscape, whether aesthetic or problem-solving, you'd like for me to come over and take a look well i do something called a walk and talk you can go to the home page of my website mikemillerdesigns.com there's an email and a phone number right there and we'll set up a time when i can come to your home today after the show i'm headed over to st charles really near uh, lindenwood college today's tip of the trial a special recognition for individual group or situation that's made an impression on me and it's brought to you by st louis composting 636-861-3 Three, four, four. Tip of the trial. Well, first of all, a gentleman mentioned last week that they were giving away metasequoia trees. And I made the comment that I had not had really good luck with growing metasequoias. The, I should have made that statement a little bit more, let's say, pronounced. Because I always try to grow them and make them into bonsai trees and things like that. Metasequoia is the Dawn Redwood tree. And so Dawn Redwood, there's, by the Lehman Building at the Botanical Garden, there's all kinds of Dawn Redwoods. So I should have not made that stupid mistake. I apologize to him for doing that. But speaking of the Botanical Garden, well, Missouri Botanical Garden offered or announces the 2017 Whitaker Musical Festival's concert lineup. And this concert series runs on Wednesdays from May 31st, which I know is a little bit away, to August 2nd. So at the Botanical Garden, great 
you know, music festival every Wednesday and uh, 24 years they've been doing that. So it's a 10-week thing, evening outdoor concerts, and you can pack a you know, picnic lunch with you and just enjoy the beautiful Botanical Garden grounds. Also in the month of April at the Botanical Garden, the Japanese Garden 40th Anniversary Photography Exhibit is going on right now. The seventh, As Kevin was talking about, Kevin from Allen's Tree Service during when I was talking to him last hour, 7th and 8th is our Arbor Day at the Botanical Garden at the Kemper Center. April 7th, Discover and Share the Speaker Series. So there's all kinds of things going on with that. 8th and 9th, the Cafe Flora Brunch. You can go for that. April 16th, the Easter Brunch at the Sassafras. Chinese Culture Days, that's going to be later on this month. And that's going to be... Some of the things I know are past and everything else, but that's okay because, you know... This just lets you know what the Botanical Garden is all about. Chinese Culture Days, that's the 22nd and 23rd. And uh, the Herb Days sale, 27th and 20 through the 29th at the Botanical Garden. And April 30th, the Tulip Trot. So all kinds of things going on at the Botanical Garden. And uh, that's the month of April. And then the music in the evenings. So if you do have any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, good gardening and live and lively. Allen's Tree Service and not only trees, landscape as well. Here in Pierce Boulevard in Wentzville, 636-332-5535, allenstreeservice.com. Been several people come by. I mean, one guy just got six cubic yards of mulch. Wow, he had a big trailer. Let's head out to Arnold and go down to Tom's yard. Hi, Tom. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Mike. How are you? Very good. Hey, Mike, I've got a, um, Yosh- a Yoshiyama cherry tree that's about three years old, and it's never fully rooted. I could always walk up to it. We've tried tying it down and using the stakes, and it just won't root. It, it's always easy to move back and forth. I mean, I can literally move it around. But it, um, but it's always bloomed and survived. It's just really not thriving. So, and the other thing though, it gets tons of water from our neighbor's yard. He, you know, Ooh. he has a, a watering system, and also his gutters like drain right into my yard, and I can't control that. That. So what I was thinking about doing was enlarging the hole, and um, you know, adding soil and hoping that the roots will go deeper and it'll take root and finally start to flourish. What do you think, Mike? Well. I don't think that's going to really work, to be honest with you. If you know the way it sounds, this is a very soggy you know area. The, the fact yes. that the tree has survived as long as it has, I think you've been very lucky. But you've got to find a, a better place for that tree. It's just, regardless of what you do, you could elevate it if you wanted to. But uh, I mean, that's a lot of work, and I think you're just better off to move it to a new location because what's happened is the roots are just, you know, viable enough and enough to actually keep it kind of hanging on, but you're always going to have a root rot problem regardless of how, even if the tree grows. So this is not a, a really a great spot for that particular tree. Well, I appreciate it, Mike, but what would you recommend that I plant it? I, I really want a, like an ornamental tree in that location near my deck and patio, and uh, it's going to have to live with a lot of water. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I would maybe take a look at a type of magnolia called Sweet Bay Magnolia. They can take a wetter soil. Okay, I appreciate and they it. Flower in the summer. They, they flower in the summertime. So, 
All right. Well, thanks for your help, Mike. I really appreciate it. Yep, certainly. Yeah, there are several other ones, but that one's going to be readily available. You can get it multi-trunked. So if you're trying to, you know, screen or something like that. But yeah, I mean, this tree, any kind of, let's say, flowering fruit tree, whether they produce, they might produce a little bit of fruit or not. They cannot take it really a wet soil. Let's head up to Godfrey, Illinois, and go into Scott's yard. Hi, Scott. Okay. Hey, I've got a couple questions here. Uh, fire bushes, trim them now. Yes. Okay. I had a burr oak. I planted in uh, 05. It was four inches in diameter. Only one time, maybe two times, I've had acorns on them as big as uh, golf balls. I didn't have any of this year. You know how you plant, uh, plant a four inch and then it grows up and the top gets heavier in branches and the bottom right. stays kind of? Can I trim them in the wintertime or to, to kind of... Uh, uh, you know, make it look a little bit better or take some of the top out of it so it doesn't get top-heavy? Uh, how long has it been in the ground? Oh, five. Uh, so, whoa, so quite a while. Yes, you could certainly, you know, limit up. Let's say remove some of the lower branches. If, if I don't know how long they are or anything else, but if they're kind of long, cut them off in sections and make the final cut, in other words, a stub at the trunk, only about a half inch or so. That's as big as you want it to be. Now, uh, a quarter inch would even be better. How about farther up in the top so I can uh, uh, eliminate some of those branches? Because the top's a lot bushier than the, than the bottom. I have done the bottom. But I haven't right. gone up into the top, you know. You can't. You could thin it out at the top, but just understand that's where most of the sunlight is coming, so that's consequently where most of the leaf production is going to be for the future. Right. And if you look at oaks just in general, they're always bright, you know, broader at the top, regardless of what variety they are. Okay, I'll look at that. I got, I got one tree that made just 14, inches, uh, 14 foot in diameter in the back of my yard. So it's a big oak, uh, hydrangea. Uh, how far can I trim them down the ground? Normally, I do about two foot down. Uh, I leave two foot from the ground up when I trim them. And now, are you they... talking about, have they started any kind of new growth this spring? Uh, I haven't. No, I don't think they have yet. Okay, so get them pruned before any new growth comes. Right. Can I go to like a, a foot off the ground? That's pretty close. So, for you know, the ability to push out, you know, all new stems and set the flower buds, you could try. What I would probably do, I don't know how many shrubs you have, but let's say you have ten, you know, ten stems coming out of a single shrub. Cut half of them off to the, you know, the height you're talking about, and leave the other ones, you know, you know, twice as long or something like that, and see what you think in this particular situation in your setting of your, your, your landscape, how well they perform. Okay. Uh, lilac, just take the bigger branches out of the center to make them keep growing real good. I have three different types of the lilac. No problem. Right. That's basically, they're, they're clump growers, so the new growth is going to come out you know, on the outside. And with the lilacs in general, once the, you know, any of the stems coming up out of the ground get you know, beyond a couple inches in diameter, they start losing their ability to flower really nicely. So then, yeah, definitely cut those out. Cut the bigger ones out. Okay, I like yeah. your show, Mike Miller. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on your show. And uh, if anybody has any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's go to Jerry, and Jerry is driving up from Cape Girardeau. Hi, Jerry. Hello there. Hi. I am just uh, um, have a, a question about knockout roses. Um Mine really just went wild and, uh, in their growth last summer. 
and I'm wondering uh, if I've waited too late to try to trim them back before the blooms begin to come on. Uh, no, you should be fine, but just get it done as soon as you possibly can. I wouldn't cut them back like, you know, the knockout roses here outside of Allen's Tree Service, they got them down to about six or eight inches. Now, the new foliage is coming out bright red. Everything's fine. The ones I have growing in a pot, I cut them down to about a foot. But uh, some people, you know, so just watch out if you, you know, where you're pruning them and how much you're pruning and just get it done as soon as you possibly can. So what percentage do you recommend that you can prune them back uh, safely? Probably this late, I would say if you cut them more than halfway down, that I wouldn't go any more than that. Okay. And a second question. I had a uh, a tree removed in the front yard, and I had the uh, stump ground up. And I'm wondering uh, how long it uh, I would need to wait in order to plant another tree in that area. Well, in that area, just understand the feeder roots of that tree are going to stay viable for several years. So that, I mean, they're going to continue to absorb nutrients and moisture. So any new tree, a young tree that doesn't have a well-established root system is going to be competing with the tree roots of the tree that you had removed. So I would at least wait for one full year before I did that. And then when you do plant it, don't plant it right on top of where the other trunk was because that's still solid wood. It's going to take several years before that, let's say, wood quality is going to rot away. So it's each year, as the tree does not have any leaves because it doesn't have a trunk, it doesn't have any branches, then the root systems will get weaker and weaker and weaker. Consequently, they're going to get, absorb less nutrients and less moisture. So that's probably what you're looking at. But I would not do any kind of planting you know, within, let's say, 10 or 15 feet of where the original trunk was. And okay. uh, you All should right. be fine with that. All right. Thank you very much. Yep, good luck with that. And, yeah, for anybody, and also just understand, even though the stump's been ground out, it's still solid wood right where that stump was. You can get all the shavings out of there or anything else. You're not going to have success really growing anything right on top of where that trunk was for quite a while. So I, though I've had somebody call and say they had successful grass, you know, the first year, that's fine. I mean, that's great. That's not to say that that's going to be more or less the norm. So Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. If you have any questions, comments, or opinions, let's go right now to Jill. And Jill lives in Wildwood. Hi, Jill. Hi, Mike. Good to talk with Hi. you. Uh, we have about five japonica in um, on the east side of our house in a fairly large bed, and they over the course of about three years they got really woody at the bottom with no vegetation, but full at the top. We trimmed them back um, last fall and wondered what what the outlook for them is, as well as could we put laurel there or is it hardy enough? Laurel is very marginal. It may do okay, but it's, you know, very questionable. I was at a house the other day. I couldn't believe that. They, I mean, they had very successful laurel, but I would not invest a whole lot of money in it. Now, what is this plant that you're saying is, has no more or less foliage in the bottom? I think it's called Japonica. It's a St. John's ward. It's a large... Okay. Um, yeah. Right. So, so St. John's ward, that's just their natural habit. 
is to more or less, there's several different shrubs that do that, and this one is just happens to be one of those. So cutting it back, you're not really going to create a whole lot of difference. That, you know, you're going to get it to leaf out maybe initially, but ultimately as it matures, it's going to ha- have a tendency to lose the lower leaves and just have foliage at the top. Um, Mike, is the, um, is the laurel, it's an evergreen, isn't it? Right. Broadleaf evergreen, any, but still. Is there anything similar to that, that that will give me that lush green look even during the winter, but um, be somewhat bushy at the bottom? <laughs> what kind of exposure are we looking at? East. East exposure? Well, how daring do you want to be? You can, you could always go with like the blueprints, blueprints, China boy, China girl hollies. That's going to give you, you know, they're going to, you're going to have to prune them to keep them, you know, foliage, you know, down near the bottom. But that might be one of your better choices. And um, when do you, when do you prune them? Uh, the, as far as the hollies go, you're not going to wait. You know, I wouldn't worry about pruning the hollies for a while. So you don't have to worry about that. But uh, if you want the berries on them, they're going to be flowering right now or really very soon. So if you prune them right after they flower, then you're going to eliminate the possibility of having the red berries for the wintertime. So I would say just push them out away from your house. Allow them to be as big as they can, which they're not going to get huge by any means. And then just you know prune. I, don't prune any kind of broadleaf evergreen going into the wintertime. Wait until we come out of the wintertime sometime, uh, Ides of March, mid-March, something like that that okay thank you mike yep and joining me right now is kevin from allen street service kevin what do you think of my answer was it full of it uh <laughs> <laughs> no i i agree i think uh most people have a tendency to think that they're not taking care of their plants if they don't prune them right um you're probably taking care of care of them better by not pruning exactly and yeah. selecting a plant that can fit in the space so you don't have to, to prune. Correct. And that's where we specialize. We come into situations all the time where something is, quote, unquote, overgrown. Right. There's no such thing as an overgrown plant. <laughs> <laughs> it's as big as it wants to be. Right. <laughs> um, it may be overgrown for the space, but that's wrong plant, wrong spot. Exactly. Um, so then, you know, the really only solution, you know, like I see viburnums planted up next to a house all the time. You know, people are cutting them four times a year. Right. And they don't understand why it doesn't flower. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, because you're cutting off all the flower buds because you're pruning it so much, but you have to because of where it's at. The better solution is just to get rid of it, even though it's a beautiful plant, um, and put something more appropriate that doesn't require so much maintenance. Uh, Generally, if you got like boxwoods used, yeah, you can share them, just keep them shaped, but you shouldn't be pruning to control size right exactly i couldn't agree more and i mean is this something that you just you've observed so many different times oh it's unbelievable every day every house right you know there's something that doesn't belong where it's at it could be a japanese maple dogwood or normally plants that i love personally that just have to go right um you know they've been either been so butchered up over the years um sorry to the meat workers out there but uh, (laughs) (laughs) um but uh, you know, it's 
you know, it's not recoverable, you know, and you're just better off going with something else. If you really like that plant, find the appropriate space for it. Right. Just, you know, get a new one planted in an appropriate mm-hmm. location and get rid of the one that's in a, a bad space. Also, just overplanting, too. Correct. Like not planting for mature size, even if they are going to be a little bit smaller growing. Consequently, you got too many plants in there. I always give the analogy, how many pieces of furniture would you have in a room in this with this square footage? Mm-hmm. And, so, I mean, some of it is just like, They've got like 10 or 12 shrubs in an area that might be 10 by 10, and it just doesn't make sense. Correct, correct. You know, and yeah, I come up to a house all the time and see a clump river birch or a blue spruce planted right at the front corner of the house, right. like three feet off the foundation. <laughs> you know, these are huge plants. Right. You know, I go up to a house, the spruce is only 20, 30 feet tall, nowhere even near full size, and it's too big for where it's at. Right. You know, and I tell people, this thing gets like 70 feet tall, 50 foot spread. <laughs> Look, you know, jaws drop. You know? Right. And so you don't have any problem telling people the truth. No, no. I, you know, it doesn't do you any good in the, being in the business for long term to, uh, you know, pacify someone and you know you're gonna have them a cut you know we don't want to work for someone just one time right i want to work for them for 10 20 30 years build we a good landscape have, correct and we do have some of those customers great so. that's perfect well how about if they want to get a hold of you or somebody here at allen's tree Service? uh call us at 636-332-5535 or our website is allenstreeservice.com great thanks kevin let's go back to the phones now marie lives in south county hi marie Hello. Hello. Pardon me, I was eating <laughs> breakfast. Um, I was wondering, how late can we seed for grass? Oh, you've got plenty of time. Because even prior to this, you could have put the seed down, but with the way our weather's been and everything else, the ground has to be fairly warm for the seed to germinate. So you got all the way up until probably early to mid-May. All This is going to be weather-dependent. Always, you know, rake the area first before you put the seed down and use a seed starter fertilizer with it. So you got time all the way up until, you know, let's say kind of like a month from now. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Yep, and uh, you know, whenever you go, you're going to get the seed. Make sure you get a blend, whether it's a fescue blend, whether it's a bluegrass blend. Always get blends. So thanks, Marie. And now let's go to Fairview Heights, Illinois, and that's Barbara's yard. Hi, Barbara. Good morning. I'm calling Hi. about a fig bush. It is approximately six foot tall, and produces quite a few figs every year. Last year in the fall, we left all the branches and didn't trim it back Mm -hmm. and it does have i'll say dead figs on it that didn't ripen do we need to trim each branch below those dead figs no you can just take the figs off it should be fine and for people don't realize this there are hardy varieties of fig trees that grow here there's a house very close to me in the city of st louis that has them botanical garden had several fig trees for many years so uh, yeah they're really kind of fun their leaf is very unusual and and shape and everything else so just remove the fruits because it could be attraction for you know problems that you don't want to have but beyond that you don't have to do anything else and the tips of the branches look like a little bud you know right. coming out there so that's I, that's yeah. why i was afraid to trim it back now yeah you don't just leave the branches as they are just get the you know the the rotted it's fruit that are that's hanging on and that's all you have to do okay and around the bottom 
we always put compost or mulch. And um, do I pull all of that off now or leave that on? It soaked down in the ground a lot. Yeah, but don't do just I, don't pile it up. Don't pile it up next to the bark of the trunk. So always like create kind of a bagel effect around the trunk where you don't have any mulch or compost piled up against the trunk because it could cause a rotting problem. But beyond okay. that, you could leave it as is. Just don't you know people fall in love with mulch and they make it too deep and that causes more problems than it does. Yeah, good. we just do it in the fall to protect it for the winter. That's exactly right. The, the house around me, they actually wrap their tree in burlap sometimes. If they, you know, we if the did when really ours cold. was, yes. Ours is yeah. a good five foot wide now. Wow. So, okay. Well, thank you very much. Well, thanks, Barbara. And Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller, on KMOX. Yes, folks, uh, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We're headed out to St. Clair, and that's where Pat lives. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Uh, Hi. I have a problem with henbit in my zoysia, and I just bought some Scott's weed and feed, but it says on the back of the package that uh, it could cause zoysia to change color so i wondered how severe that is or if there's a better solution i would say you could go ahead and use it but just use it in a small area decide what you want to if you're satisfied with it but what you need to do is just wait until next august then get a pre-emergent and put the pre-emergent down that's the best way to control the hen bit the hen bit is it's been dropping seeds all winter long those seeds are just going to lay there that's why you want the pre-emergent in august that's when those seeds are going to be germinating that's how to get it under control more so than a post-emergent so in other words when it's actively growing control okay another thing i've been uh, using flower beds at the end of the house for uh, different kinds of gardening and uh, this year I've decided I don't want to do that anymore, and I want to just put in some uh, permanent plants. Uh, I don't want them to get more than three feet high. Um, one part of it is shaded by uh, a holly tree, but the others are exposed pretty much through the day. What would you recommend for us? Probably for the shaded area, you got a choice, let's say, a Japanese painted fern or some of the varieties of hosta. Those will work very well. Also, there is something called a coral bell, and you can get the coral bells that have purplish leaves or variegated leaves. Those can take the shade circumstance. In the sun, maybe look at uh, some of the sunflower family members like a Coreopsis moonbeam, something along that line. Okay. Well, thank you. Yep, good luck with that. And now let's go from St. Clair to St. Charles and into Mark's yard. Hi, Mark. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, good. I, I'm just curious. We planted two uh, nice crepe myrtles last year, and they're both dead. I'm just curious, what, what would have caused that? They're not dead. They're just, it's too early for them to start any kind of new growth. But if you planted them properly, they did fine. They weren't drowned yep. or anything. You're just not seeing any growth on the crepe myrtles yet. Right. And Anybody. They, the branches are, are, they look dead to me when I break them off. They're pretty dry. 
Right. When they look dead. So the new growth, yeah. So the new growth, a newly planted one, they could be dead all the way to the ground as far as above ground growth. And so the new growth is going to come up from the root system. All right. So don't pull them up yet. No, definitely not. If they <laughs> if they haven't put out any new growth by let's say mid June, definitely then they're dead for sure. But uh, other than that, they should be fine. Crepe myrtles are just not going to do any growth this early in the season. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yep. And now from St. Charles all the way to Jefferson County into Imperial. Matt, how are you today? Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, I've got about a 70-foot row of rows of Sharon bushes. They're about 8 foot tall. been there for 30 years. And they're uh, getting where I need to do something with them. They're getting over into the neighbor's yard. What do you suggest? When should I trim them or have somebody do it? Well, you could prune them yourself. Uh, You're basically going to go over to your neighbor's yard and prune them on that side. Is that what you're trying to do? But if if that's where most of the sun's coming, then the new growth is going to head back in that direction anyway. But at least you get them off their yard for you know a period of time. But uh, you can, I mean, you can do the pruning now because this is a summer flowering shrub. So consequently, it's not setting the flower buds until later on. So you're not going to interfere with any flowering or anything else by doing the pruning now. And you could shear basically; they're pretty tough, so you could shear them almost straight up. I see. Okay, very good. If you, yeah, if you wanted to selectively prune, that's going to be a lot, you know, a lot more work. It's going to take a lot longer. Selectively so pruning from means the ground take, up. Yeah, yeah. Make a straight I row mean, up. Could, right. Okay. It's going to look a little severe for them, but that's you know, if they don't want them growing in their yard, that's the way it goes. Yep, that's what he he mentioned. So I I think I should get on it. Where he got some all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> very true. That wouldn't be so good. <laughs> no. Okay, Thanks, I appreciate Matt. it. Bye. Yep. And now let's go from Imperial over to Collinsville, Illinois. Gary, how are you today? Uh, pretty good. I've got some questions. Uh, when can I put my uh, cannas and my uh, elephant ears out? Another question I've got is, mine out. I've got mine out yeah. in pots right now to try to get them to you know get some new growth going. So you could oh, you okay. should be able to plant them. Just don't you know don't expect a whole lot of growth until the ground really gets warm. All right. Uh, now, I had a friend in that there that uh, he has recently moved, and he gave me some banana trees. I've never dealt with banana trees. When can I uh, put them in the ground, and uh, how do I prepare the soil? Uh, basically, all they want is a you know fairly well drained soil, you know, with kind of rich organic, so compost in the soil, and understand the fact that there are some varieties of hardy bananas. This is probably not one of them. So at the end of the season, when the frost you know hits them, then you're going to have to dig them up. You know, you can shake all the soil off of them basically, and just bring them inside. You're going to end up with a big clump of root. Well, you, probably the size that you have right now. Right. Uh, yeah. This is a. Uh, Japanese banana. It's a Musa B A S J O O. Yeah. So and, this Musa just—that's the genus of the banana family or banana group. So just in a sunny location, there's a gentleman up the street from me. He puts bananas out every year, and I mean, some of his get like eight to ten feet high. I don't know this particular variety how big it's going to get, but consequently, just put them out, and then when the frost you know hits the foliage, then just plan on chopping the trunks off and just digging up the root system. But when did you say I could put them in the ground? 
Uh, I would go ahead and you know put them in now. If you want to start them in pots so you can get them, because it's going to be warmer in a pot than it is in the ground. Put the pot on a patio or in a sunny location. The warmer the soil, that's going to stimulate the growth a little bit quicker. But you could stick them in the ground right now if you wanted to either way. No special fertilizer or anything like that? No, I mean, you can fertilize it, but no, nothing special, no. Just prepare the soil a little bit. Add some compost. Make the soil a little bit richer. Okay, thank you. You've helped me quite a few times. Thank you very much. Well, great. I'm glad I could. And now, Sharon from Florissant, could you do it kind of quick? All right. Good morning, Mike. Um, Hi. I am having a problem with this uh, annual bluegrass, and I, I put Roundup on it, but it's taken over my good grass. Right. Do you have any suggestions? Basically, right now, the annual bluegrass is just going nuts because it's producing so many seed. And the seeds are going to drop. So just next August, just like the lady with the hen bit, annual bluegrass is a cool season annual weed, so it only grows for one year. In mid, you know, early August, depending upon the weather, put a pre-emergent down. That's the best way to get the annual bluegrass under control. So you could spray each individual clump with Roundup and all this other stuff, but you're going to cause real problems. So just kind of live with it. When the weather gets hot, it just goes away. It goes dormant because it's a cool season weed. But consequently, it's just been dropping huge amounts of seed. Yes, And so the pre-emergent in August is the best way to go about doing this. And in August, it's really hard to find pre-emergent. Well, the garden centers, you know. (laughs) Yeah, well, the garden centers are going to have them because I've been harping on this for multiple years now that these are annual weeds that germinate in August and they grow through the entire winter time. And so you're going to have, if you have to go online to get it, then you're going to have to go that way to get it. But the garden centers should be able to have it, year-round garden centers. Just a pre-emergent for like POA, right? Right, exactly. Okay, all right, Mike, thank you. We listen to you every Saturday. Well, thanks. Thanks again for having me on your show, and thanks for everybody calling in. Sorry, Joe from uh, St. Charles, I'm not going to be able to get a you know your call in today. But I want to thank the people here at Allen's Tree Service for having me out. I will be out here again next month at Allen's Tree Service, and then two weeks from now, I'm going to be in Valley Park at the headquarters for St. Louis Composting. So lots of different stuff going on in the outdoors. It has absolutely been the best spring that I can possibly remember as far as spring flowering bulbs, the tulips and the daffodils the grape hyacinths, you know, everything has just been fantastic. The weather's been cool enough to keep those petals and those flowers really looking good. They're starting to go downhill a little bit. Don't forget to fertilize any of your spring flowering bulbs. It's really important. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. I will see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.